Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey guys, welcome back to the Rich Shields Golf Show podcast. This is episode number 70 and it's one hell of an exciting one because this episode celebrates the launch of our new studio, which we dive into a little bit more detail in this podcast. Yes. How do you think that was, was today, Guy? That is was really good. <laughs> <laughs> we went through a few scenarios. It was um, a bit of God, we spoke for too long. It was a bit of good, serious golf chat to the start which is good yeah very depth masters talk winners losers best scores worst scores masters app um the fact that ian woosman shouldn't be playing anymore but he's still really good he'd destroy you on the golf course we also talk about me being destroyed on the golf course and you also being destroyed on the golf course we're both quite poor at golf we talk a good game (laughs) we also um talk about how um you've got alter ego well it's not alter. it was a different you if you if your life had made one turn differently you would have been a different man ricky He's, yeah, I, mean, I think I prefer Ricky. I, I like him. A lot. I, really like, him. I <laughs> like that life that you described. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, so find out what that all entails as well. But either way, sit back, enjoy episode number seventy of the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast, and definitely do not miss the clips that we're going to put on the second channel. You should see the new studio, and also don't miss a chance to win a motor caddy by going on to at the Rick Shields Golf Show on Instagram and entering to win a motor caddy. We're basically just giving them away. Yeah. Like sweets. Yeah. Are we still going rock, paper, scissors? I feel like we need to. Yeah, this will be the first one in here. One, two, three, and I win again. Um so I want you to count you in when I say motor caddy. You ready? Motor caddy. We're good. I'm nervous. Welcome back to the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Rick Shields. I'm here with producer Guy, and this is episode number 70, and it marks a momentous occasion in the history of the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast, powered and brought to you by good friends at Motorcaddy. How are you feeling, Guy? Excited, nervous, apprehensive. <laughs> so if you have been watching the clip so far on uh, youtube we have a second youtube channel which is doing really well by the way thank you so much for all the subscribers on there we're getting sick we're on sixty thousand subscribers now and we take clips from the podcast and we put them onto the second channel now at the moment we've been filming all of this at the marriott when the golf course has been closed and the qu- clubhouse has been quiet we've been going down there very nicely derek the general manager down there has let us go and film in a nice quiet space but we thought we need to level up we did and we've, I feel like we've leveled up maybe six to seven levels. So what level were we at? Right, let's say level 10's the top, obviously. Okay. What would you say we were before? I would say we were a three. And that wasn't necessarily because of the facilities at Marriott. It was the fact we had to rely on them being empty and allowing us to use it. We had to rely on external noise, etc., etc. So it looked all right on camera, but it wasn't the best. So 
we are now proud to announce and present, you can see this on our second channel, the new Rick Shields Golf, Golf Show Podcast Studio. Wow. And we have gone to town with it. So make sure you check it out. We're going to put some pictures on the podcast group as well on Instagram and maybe on the podcast group on Facebook. Mm -hmm. We have gone to town. We've not really massively promoted it beforehand because up until five minutes ago, it hadn't been finished. No. We have literally just finished it. And I was thinking the other day about this. Obviously, it'll make the second channel clips better because it looks really good. But if you're a podcast listener and that's all you want to do, just listen to the podcast, you might be thinking... Well, this studio doesn't help me, it doesn't benefit me, but it does. It really because does. Because when we used them in your garage, and you've got a nice garage, it wasn't always the most tidy, but it's a nice garage. It went through a few transitional periods. It did. But we couldn't always, we couldn't invite a guest, other than Matt Fryer who came to your garage. That's Matt Fryer, he's not a real guest. We couldn't have invited... Robbie Williams. A Robbie Williams. Or we want to have Dan Hendricks on, et cetera, et cetera. We couldn't have these people in your garage, really. No, there was definitely a level of, um, of, of yeah, it, it was home, it was a comfy home. But like I say, if someone's flying in their chopper, because mm-hmm. who knows what guests we're going to get on now. Yeah. I mean, that's where I'm aiming. We're going to aim high now with guests. Mm-hmm. Um, if they want to ha- land the chopper, they can't do that at my house. They've got to come and do here in the uh, in the new studio. But the downside to this new studio is what I liked about your garage was I could rock up in any attire I wanted to and nobody had a clue. Whereas today, and we're in quite a, a new-ish quartz zip and before we recorded this, we had a subway. You treated us to a subway. I had a six-inch meatball marinara. Nice. And I spilt it on my top. Yes. So now I've had to cover it with a little Rick Shields logo badge. Which is very on brand. Yeah. So if you want to see that, click onto the videos and have a little look at that badge. That could be yours for the price of four ninety nine. Whoa. We don't really sell them, but if you want to pay me four ninety nine, I'll send you a free one out. That can be arranged. <laughs> He'll send you that one that's on his top. <laughs> We've also, in the background, got some little memorabilia on the shelves. So if you do want to add to that, we might set up a PO box so you can send stuff through. We've got a few little bits and bobs that people have sent us. We've got some logo golf balls, little tiger... Um, what do you call them? Like wobbleheads from Derek Chan. Yeah. Uh, YouTube Golf Day flag. I've got a couple of golf trophies, which I don't like to boast about, but some flex up there with the golf trophies from when I was 13 years old. Also, we... Um, so, yeah, the podcast can be really good. We can film it much more efficiently. We're going to be able to film much longer episodes. <laughs> That's not how I sell a guests. podcast. It's going to be really good. <laughs> We're going to have better guests on. We're going to record more clips. It is the start, even though we're episode number 78, it's the start of something very new. I don't want to call it now so early on, but I'm open to Thursday treat podcasts occasionally. Because why not? Why not? Because we've got everything set up. Give me a reason why not now. Um... You can't, can't. done. Thursday treats. Oh, there you go, listeners. That's what you're going to get back from this because we've got our camera set up, which are amazing cameras. Thank you to Black Magic for sorting them out. They're absolutely different level. Um, and we'll be able to film more quality content. How did you sort week. those cameras out from Black Magic? Believe it or not, you went to school with the main guy. Yeah, from exactly. That. So it's not what I know to you now. Guy pulling strings. So yeah. that's the podcast studio. Are we done for the, this week's episode? Yeah, see you later. <laughs> What we're going to talk about? Well, the Masters. We've got lots to talk about. The Masters. We've got a, a fantastic day, Rick, powered by Motorcaddy. Another chance of potentially winning Motorcaddies. We've had our Motorcaddies just been sent through, which is mm-hmm. going to be really good because we're going to talk about which ones we've gone for. Um, also, going to talk about my latest episode of Break Seventy Five. Yeah, which was tough. Yeah. <laughs> It was, it was really tough. Um, and also another one coming up this week. Um, just a quick one then. We're on the Motorcaddy topic. They got in touch with us and said, first podcast was great. Great. 
We want to give more treats out. We, we are Motocaddy. We make class electric trolleys. We sponsor the world's best golf podcast. But also, we want to give out treats. So they said to us, you can have a Motocaddy M5 GPS DHC, which stands for... Downhill Control. Perfect. And a golf bag to one lucky winner. So I said, yeah, give it us. What do we have to do? So all we've done on at the Rick Shields Golf Show Instagram... Got blue tick on there. It's got a blue you. tick on there. It's got about thirty-five thousand followers. We've done a post today, so that would be yesterday as you're listening to this. We can keep it open for like a week. Click that on the picture, um, like it, follow at the Rick Shields Golf Show, follow Moto Caddy, and tag three friends. You in it to win it? Someone's going to win it, and the Somebody. best part is they're shipping it as well. So anywhere in the world, you can win this. Um, and the big boxes as well, because we have just received our. I've gone with an M7 remote. Yeah. Which is awesome. Very good. It's very, very impressive. It's black. Is there a bit of blue on it? There's on my one. I think, I was, I can't remember I think mine's just like black, white and, and kind of subtle. Um, lithium battery, remote control, yeah. top speed of nine. Nice. I don't know what nine, nine what, but it's nine, top yeah. speed of nine. You can go <laughs> forward, backwards, left and right. You can do an emergency stop. It's got a little third wheel at the back, mm. or effectively a fourth wheel at the back just in case it flips. Downhill control, it's got it all. And you've gone with... I've got the M5 GPS. So whereas you've got this fancy remote control, which is nice, I've got the GPS. I've got distances to front, middle and back, so I can miss the green, but I've got no excuses. But I'm going to have to... Um, you said that it was a big box. I'd have to disagree. It's quite a small box because the trolley falls down so small. <laughs> Help borderline too small. It's too easy to get in the car. I want to, when they said we're going to send you a trolley, I was hoping it would be a bit of a struggle to get in the car. It's not. It's too easy. You're too good at these admins at the moment. You're getting too much practice in. Um, so, yeah, and then we've got one for the lads as well, Matt and Harry. Mm. They've got the M3. They've got the M3 and they have to have a fight every Friday. Whoever wins can use it for the weekend. Uh, and then we're giving one away. So thank you again to Motor Caddy. They've been an awesome sponsor so far. And like I said, the dear Ricky sponsored. So stay tuned for that to see if who story this week will be put into the hat to win a fantastic trolley at the end of the 10-week sponsorship. Can I ask you a question? Go for it. Hand on heart now. I want you to put your hand on your heart. What do you think of the Masters? Um, Rick's hand is on his heart, by the way. While my hand is on my heart, what, do I, what did I think of the Masters? Well, I think this year was different. I can't any- just your hand on your heart. <laughs> this year was definitely different to any of that I've experienced in the past. Mm-hmm. And I can only put that down to the fact there was a Masters only five months mm-hmm. ago in November. I just don't feel that there was the buzz that you normally get. And I remember when it happened in November and I said to you, oh, wouldn't it be awesome if it was like twice a year? And you went, no, because it's almost too good of a, it's too much of a good thing. Yeah. And I think that's exactly what's happened this year. It's like the Ryder Cup every year. Sounds good on paper, doesn't it? But it wouldn't be. It wouldn't work at all. So yeah, I was a bit kind of going into it. It kind of also here in the UK, certainly in England, it's been a bit weird this year because it feels like golf hasn't really started at all until the 29th of March and then the week after it was the Masters. So it's been a big, nice Mm -hmm. kind of jet infused start for golf here in England. Um, But it just kind of came out of nowhere, really. Also, it felt a bit weird. It was a very, very limited field. Yeah. Tiger wasn't playing, which I definitely think has a massive effect on on my like desire and, you know, excitement because Barb Bryson, Mm -hmm. I don't know, you're probably the same on this. Who, Who are you excited about watching this week at the Masters? I love Tony Finau, but I can't say I'm excited. No. Um... 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think there was probably a couple of people that I thought, oh, this could be interesting because of how well they were playing. Someone like a Westwood. Mm-hmm. that he'd been playing so well. I would love to... So, like, I was anticipated him his result, but it wasn't like I was desperate to... I wasn't watching his first tee shot on the first hole. Like, I couldn't wait like I would do with a Tiger. Like, it makes you really miss Tiger. Has in those Tiger events. spoiled us, though, in the last 20 years? Because h- how many of the golfers give you that buzz? Like, I said, Bryson a bit at the minute, but... The really, moment. there's no, Rory on his peak. To be fair, yeah. but even Bryson, like I've seen it now. Mm. I've kind of seen it, and it and it's not that. Im- like if it was Happy Gilmore running up to the golf ball every time, I'd want to watch it every single time. Yeah. But I've seen Bryson now bomb it enough times on social media, Instagram, and that's another thing. Does social media almost ruin it a little bit? That kind of you, you're not going to see. You get so many opportunities to see a shot, yeah, like the shot that you hit on the six at Bay Hill. I mean, I've seen that a thousand times mm. probably, and. Then when he comes and steps up on the first tee on the Masters, it's like, I kind of know what this guy's going to be about. Yeah. Um, the Masters app was absolutely... <sighs> I just want to take a minute now to say whoever... Is it IBM or somebody? Whoever does the yeah. Masters app... And this is not a paid sponsorship. It's the best app. As it's in sliced bread. And I can't argue. As it's the best thing since the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast, <laughs> potentially. It's It's unbelievable. <laughs> To the point where you could, I I wouldn't do this, but you could literally not watch any golf and just use the app. Yeah, because it's that good. And I did that quite a bit, quite a bit with just different players. Yeah, like I would say this year again, maybe because we had the studio being built. So last Thursday, Friday was quite busy with the studio being built, and we've got some nice editing suite and everything now. So this kind of taken up a lot of time, and the kids were off for me as well. But like I felt, I didn't feel like I really like watched hours and hours like I have done in the past on the Thursday, Friday. But you can go on the app, yeah, and just super quickly. I saw every important shot I wanted to see. Like I watched, I even watched, and it sounds really sad. This and this is kind of how. Uh, uh, what's the right word? Almost like um, uh, sadistic. That's not a word, is it? This how kind of weird I am in the head. I watched every single shot from the guy who came dead last. Sadistic. Sadi- is it? Yeah. Is that what it means? Yeah. Like I wanted to see you, sick man. <laughs> yeah. Who was it again? Now it was. And I watched every single shot. It was um, Joe Long, what? who's an English player, English uh, amateur, English amateur. And in the first round, let me just double check what he shot. He shot an 82, yeah. which weirdly enough was the same score that I shot in my break 75. And it's a very similar environment. You know, you had three people watching you at a Lynx course with nothing here to play for. <laughs> and he birded the last for that. So I felt like, again, yeah. there were some, there were some similarities. And he actually... And this is what man, I would have never, ever, ever have seen this without the app. He was he was inches away from making a two on the last. And I'll I mean say, inches, like did, literally moved just around the back of the hole. And I wouldn't have seen that without, without seeing the app. And I watched every single one of his eighty two shots. Well I think one of the reasons this year I wasn't quite as excited was well, once it kicked off, was the lack of the big names at the top. And I saw a thing on Twitter from Michael McEwen, who is one of the guys from Bunkered Golf. Um, and he put this was on so going into the final day so at the start of play on Sunday he's got the world's top 20 right from 1 to 20 and on the right hand side he had wor- what the position was so I'll just I mean, I'll go through them but I'll do it quite quickly so cut tied 13 tied 21 tied 29 tied 38 then he had tied second to Xander who's world number 6 was tied second then tied 13 tied 43 tied 21 cut 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 Nine, who was Tony Feet now, tied 13, cut, tied 29, and it's tied 47, tied 47, cut, cut. 
So out of that, I mean, I don't know if that came across in audio, but on the, out of that top 20, there was literally Xander and Tony Finau who were in the top 10. Everybody else was like pretty much out of it. Mad, wasn't it? And I know it's the go- golf isn't just about the big names. There's a lot more than the world's top 20 and people to root for and stuff. But it didn't have that. You know, I, I want to see, personally, and this isn't what everybody, obviously, I want to see a playoff of Bryson, of Dustin, of Rory, you know, Spieth maybe, or a Westwood in the mix or something like that. So I want to see that. Yeah. And it, it didn't produce. But having said that, I mean, it, it was a worthy winner. Uh, Matsuyama, Hideki Matsuyama. He's a player, massive isn't he? shout out. I mean, the sc- the round he had on Saturday. And again, guys, I know this is a golf podcast, but we don't go into loads and loads of stats about the golf, but obviously it's the Masters. Um, his Saturday round was special. Like his mm-hmm. back nine on Saturday was outrageous. And the way he composed his front nine on Saturday, Sunday, sorry, was borderline boring. Yeah. And he was at five or six shots ahead at the halfway point, And all over Twitter, and I think I saw your... It was like, it was It was a bit boring. Like, it didn't have that grandstand final. But he also didn't disappoint on that because he made some critical errors on the back nine to make it much mm. more of a grandstand finish. Xander Shoffley had really really close opportunity he was within two shots at one point after 15 um and then Shoffley put it in the water on 16 which i've not i've almost never seen a golfer do on 16 not no i don't think i have i've almost never seen a golfer go on 16 in the water on 16 like tiger's iconic chipping on 16 is so weirdly miss hit yeah Long you know, nobody left. ever talks about that they really like it's such a weird place because you're miss. always going right on that hole anyway yeah. to the break aren't you um and that was really a really shame but anyway Massive shout out to Deku Matsuyama. It's huge for Japan, the first male major winner. There has been two female major winners before for Japan, but this is the first male and also to win the Masters. I think it's going to be a massive thing. He's played in it 10 years now. He played it in the Amateur Championship 10 years. 2011, he was amateur, amateur, yeah. And he won it then, won the Amateur um, title then. What do they call it? I don't know what it is in the Masters. It's silver medal, obviously, in the Open. But... Um, best amateur, lowest amateur, whatever. And then 10 years, he's got better and better and better. His... Uh, little pause at the top has definitely reduced. Mm. How obsessed with the commentators with that, though, all the time, got gone on about it. Um, and also, what about the kid? That that actually infuriated me. I, Butch Harmon is an absolute legend, so I'm not going to start bad-mouthing him, and he knows more about... He's forgotten more about golf than I'll ever know. He's an absolute beast. But he kept going on about Zalatoris. Yeah. I keep, I'm chuffing to say that correctly. Yeah, that's a good name. About... How he's a kid and uh, the kid this, the kid that, the kid the other, and when he let's hope he doesn't wake up because he realizes what he's doing and he doesn't know the course, he's not got the experience. It's like I get that to something. You know, he's a youngish bloke. And how old he is? Twenty four. Twenty four. So he's as old as. Yeah. He's not yet far behind Bryson, is he? I don't think. Well, Hideki Matsuyama's only twenty nine. Well, yeah, and he's new on the scene ish. So I, I get that, but it's just a bit like a bit boring in it. But I tell you what, I didn't realize, but I kind of wasn't that surprised about what I didn't actually know. I had a look at Matsuyama on Wikipedia, and I think it's it's on... I know it's not always correct, but I think it's pretty accurate. And his PGA Tour, so he's played 170 events and made 145 cuts. And if you look at his seasons, he's so consistent with making cuts. He's, he only misses a couple each year. And I think, although he's not a kind of player that I would massively be like wanting to win before an event... I was happy that he won. He, yeah. is a, he does seem like a nice guy, and he's, he's, he's swing. I know it's got a bit of a pause, but it's a nice swing. Yeah, it's really. It's, he looks steady as a rock, doesn't mm. he? That's what I really like about him. Um, Spieth did an amazing tournament again. I can't believe he kind of came out of nowhere, really. And well, I called him an outsider because we filmed the podcast early, and yeah, then he won. Then he goes and so I was like, just did one. I looked a bit of a fool calling him an outsider. But uh, Rose massively fell off. 
seven on the front nine and then didn't break par for the next three seven rounds. Seven on the front, first 18. Yeah, seven on the par, sorry, for the first yeah. 18 and then didn't didn't break par for well, three we'll rounds. We'll touch on that in a bit. His clubs. He oh, yeah. So he's I've got a little what's in the bag of him here. So his ball is so this the... Is, this is Justin Rose, what's in the bag. Justin Rose, what's in the bag. His ball is the 2021 version of the TaylorMade TP5. So okay. nothing too extreme there. Use that ball before. He's been using tailor-made golf balls for a long time. So that's not too strange. His putter is the Axis Rose Proto. So a lot of people have seen that putter. What is it? Is it like a... What, I can't remember. Is it like a toe balance or something weird? I don't actually know a lot about it, if I'm dead honest. But it's a dead weird shape where the, the hosel goes into the head almost like backwards slightly. I, f- I feel like I might be wrong. If you hold it in your hand, rather than be like a face balanced or toe hang, it's like the opposite. But I might be wrong. I can't remember. But anyway, so he's used that for a long time. Quite good to get one to test, actually. And then this one gets a bit, in, a bit uh, interesting. So he's got a complete mixed bag of brands, which we're seeing more and more, obviously, from athletes or golfers who aren't sponsored. He's got three Vokies. So again, arguably the number one wedge in golf. So nothing too surprising there. He's got Zuno Irons, so again, it's it's renowned as being the best iron brand. Then rather weirdly, he has a Strixon, um, is it 4 iron, which is again, maybe not something you'd think of. That was yeah. a bit weird, but if he likes it, he likes it. And then this is where for me it got interesting. His Furry Woods, he had uh, an M4, which is obviously like two models old now. Yeah. Um, three wood. And then he had an M6, oh no, sorry, that's... So he goes old Sim, then M5, M6, which yes, three models oh, old. Yeah. Then his um, his five wood was an M6, so okay. two models old. And this was the big one. His driver was an M1, tailor-made M1 from 2017. So since then, we've had the M3, yeah. the M5, the Sim. Well, you, could, you could even count M4. Well, they kind of go with sister, it, don't yeah. they? So if you go for the actual movable weight one, they had M1, 17, then they had M3, M5, Sim, and now obviously the Sim 2. So it's like four years old. Yeah. And he could use any driver in the world he wants. What does that tell you? It's a really interesting one with Justin. I mean, recently we bashed Bryson for using an old driver as well back in the day, right? So Bryson ended up using an old driver when he um, won at Bay Hill. He won an old, he was using a driver, the LET Pro, mm. and we bashed it for being four years old. And then I think he put a rad in this week and whatever. I think with Justin, because he's not a brand part, he's not selling product for any mm-hmm. company now. So if you don't know the story, two years ago, he, he split ways with TaylorMade. He decided to sign with Honma, which is quite a controversial move at the time because he was the world number one. Um, he did have a couple of TaylorMade bag clubs still in the bag. Even when he would signed with Honma, it wouldn't have been a 14-bag deal. He's had the Axis putter in the bag for, for ages, quite a while. Um, then he kind of moved off from Honma, the start of... When did he move from Honma? It must have been a while ago because we were in the old office. Do you remember well, when he cut, moved? Yeah, when he moved from Honda. End of 2019, possibly. We've actually did a podcast on it. So if you look at the titles of the podcast, you'll probably see it. So he moved away from Honda then. Then he kind of went back into a very mixed set and a lot of tailor-made clubs with a bit a bit of mixed match. But now, like he's gone, like say he's gone back to a driver there that's was that the driver that he was using potentially when he was world number one before he moved to Honda? I don't think it would have been because I think it would have been M3 or M5. So the version before. I think it would have been. So it's like he's gone back to that. Obviously drove the ball incredibly well most of the week anyway. Um, He's not selling products for any company. I'm sure TaylorMade weren't the biggest fan of it. It would have been very interesting if Justin Rose would have won with that driver. How the the TaylorMade... Do you not think they would have liked it? I don't know. I don't don't think personally I don't Mm. think they would have done. Yeah, Depends how you look at it because with the, we, the, the discussion we had on Bryson was that 
when he's using a Cobra driver, they want him to be using the latest and greatest so that it sells drivers and the, the, the guys that sell a product to pro shops and go in and say, this is the driver that Bryson's using, etc. But TaylorMade, though, is that... Would it have been... Because they wouldn't be able to market him, I don't think, because they don't pay him. But to know that someone's using their product, even though it's an older product, they probably would still like it. Yeah. I think it, the thing is with the, with the Cobra one, and you're right with Bryson, is the fact that he was on adverts promoting the rad... And then, and then not you, having no. that in the in the bag like that that is technically wrong. I I think when you've got an athlete using a driver in the promotion, saying it's this, that, and the other, yet they use one that's not not the actual same. But like I say, Justin Rose isn't tied to any brand. It's interesting that he's using Mizuno irons, but he's not the first tour player that used Mizuno irons with a non-contracted mm-hmm. players like Kasich. Kepka was using yeah. uh, Mizuno for a long time when he won his majors. Um, so it is a very very popular brand for non-contracted players. And we've had you know Mizuno is a brand where they're not probably going to go out and shell a load of money to buy a Justin Rose because they just don't see it in there. That does more for your brand, I think, them using it out of choice than you paying a squillion pounds somebody yeah. to use it. It's just hard to... You can't use it for advertising, which is annoying for the brand, and you can't you can't really shout about it. It's almost like not everybody knows about it. But again, it goes back... How much does that actually shift clubs? I don't know, but does that almost sell it more in a weird way? Because it's like you can't talk about it, but then people think... They want to talk about it because, yeah, I don't true. know, it's a strange one. I think you're going to see more players going for these mixed bags. For me, it makes sense. If you're Tiger Woods or Rory, Dustin, who's getting paid an absolute fortune to use one brand, and in that case, tailor-made, why not? Because they can make everything you want, hand-milled and everything, so the exact specs you want. So obviously Tiger got made a set of irons, as has DJ, as has Rory, etc., by tailor-made. But if you're like a high to mid-level PJ Tour player, is is what the brands are willing to pay you worth it versus what you play and what you want? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, let's yeah. say if Callaway come in now and offer Justin Rose a million quid a year. I don't know what that, if, if it'd be more than that or less. But let's say they offer a million quid a year. Is it worth it to him at this stage of his career? Yeah, probably Whereas not Whereas if he now. gets offered 20 million by a Honma, which is obviously what, I don't know what he got offered, but he obviously got a big money deal and jumped ship, but probably quite quickly realised that they weren't the best clubs for him. I think what he found with certainly with TaylorMade, and we've been over this topic before, he just felt like he wasn't the golden child at that brand anymore. Like you had guys that coming in and having their own iron design, like say a Rory, a DJ, you know, those guys were having their own clubs designed and probably Justin Rose felt a bit like, oh, you're not looking after me as much. You go to Honda and you're big fish and you're getting treated like God. But like I say, you move away from that now and he's like, well, I'll just use whatever I want. Mm, I like it when they use what they want. Um, have we covered enough master stuff? Because I want to ask you one question about it. Go on then. <laughs> and I wanna, I'm going to try and do your trick. Okay. Okay. I'm going to try and play devil advocate. Mm-hmm. Even though I don't fully believe this. Um, I think the Masters is the best major tournament. Change my mind. Goes <laughs> <laughs> over there, Rick. You want to use it? I said I'm playing devil advocate. Not that I massively believe so- that. But that's kind of, I'm going to put my heart in the ring there. Okay, so in my opinion, well, not in my opinion, there's four major championships. That's that's fact. That's not my opinion. Um, <laughs> this is my opinion. The PJ's the worst. The one uh, that I enjoy the least. Yeah, I'd agree. Then it's the US. Uh, well, just a quick one. Why? Why do you think that I is? I think it's because... I agree with you there. I think it's because, there's, there's obviously, as it stands, there's four majors, and that's probably what there always will be. The Open is obviously 
attested links golf and it's often at courses with real tradition mm. and it's the only one that's not in the US so it stands out yeah the Masters is the Masters it's a, it's a small elite field it's the iconic Augusta National it stays there every year it's a golf course that you can't just go and play it's magical yeah that's there US Open is the US Open it's the Open it's always a tough course I was gonna say that's it's what a test that's what separates the PJ and the US Open Mm. For me, anyway, I don't yeah. know if statistically, US Open is t- typically harder, isn't it? It's yeah, much that's more what like you think of in your head. Yeah. And then for me, the USPGA just kind of feels like a, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know what on. it is. And some of the winners haven't massively, I don't know. Yeah, I, no, I'd agree. Um, I, I'd agree that the, the PGA is the worst. That's my order. But, well, that's not my order. And, that's, then, U, and then US Open. I go PGA, US Open, the Masters, the Open. Okay. And obviously that will cause a lot of people to say, no, I prefer the Masters or whatever it might be. I think most people would agree USBJ is last. But the Open, firstly, it's open. So there's that magic that you're always going to get players in there who are, I can say scratch golfers, but typically lower than that. You know, local PJ pros, James Robinson, who's been a podcast with, who have this, get into the tournament. It's obviously very difficult, but they get into the tournament and they literally have four rounds of golf that could change their life. So that's one thing that I like about it. Those names always don't do amazing, but equally. We've seen some amazing amateurs play in the Open who've then come on to be massive names. A guy, Chris Wood, yeah. uh, Rory played in it and stuff like that. Yeah. I love the golf courses, typically at the St. Andrews, your Carnoustis, yeah. etc. And obviously I've been to the Open several times, never been to the Masters yet, hopefully we'll do one day. But it just it, it just feels more like, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for? Almost more real. There's something about the Masters that I, I appreciate, but it feels like Disneyland. It, it does. It, when I watch, and you've been, so you know yeah, better yeah. than I do, but it feels like there's almost going to be, it's almost like fake, that there's going to be a room behind there. There's all like, I don't know, it's just, it doesn't feel real. The buildings don't feel real. It's all like too green. Um, it's like you don't see, for example, if you watch the Open and look at the crowd, which obviously we haven't, well, we didn't have an Open last year, and hopefully this year we'll have some level of crowd. You'll see men, women, children, young people, old people, a complete mix in the crowd. When I'm watching the Masters, it just feels like it's people who've got loads of dosh who are somehow connected to Augusta who've got in. You know, you can't go... It just doesn't feel real. Like, it feels wrong. elitist. Yeah, you're not wrong. Obviously, I've been to both events and I've been lucky enough to be into the Open many, many times at different venues. Um, and and again, I'm, I'm kind of playing devil advocate because I don't know... As you had my hand on my heart earlier in this podcast, I don't know if I can hand on heart say which one I prefer the be- the mo- most though. Because for me, they are slightly, obviously different. Mm-hmm. Well, they are very different. And I do like them equally as much as each other. I don't know what would, what would tip it for me. I love the Open in the fact that, exactly what you're saying, I love the fact that it's it's in, in the UK. Mm-hmm. That's a big one for me. It's something you can go to. I love the fact that I've been with friends who aren't massively into golf and they've loved it's it. It's a great day out. It's an unbelievable day out. And you don't have to pay the world for it. No. It's typically, not, it's quite affordable. Sometimes you can even buy tickets as you are there on the door. And also, if you think about the amount of time, you could go at six in the morning and leave at probably midnight. Yeah, because the field is massive. Yeah. Like 160 odd golfers, the field is massive. Um, and like I say, I love the fact that sometimes you get these amazing sunny days where everything's baked out and you're eating an ice cream and having a beer and watching the golf. A little I bit love of sunburn. That. I love that. Yeah. And you see a few people leaving with, with yeah. a lot of sunburn as yeah. well. But I also love the, the wet days 
the waterproof's on, the brolly's up, and you're going, this ain't, this ain't wind, this ain't rain, even though it's absolutely yeah. chucking it down. I love those days as well. So for me, the Open has that element to it. It's, it's real golf. Can I put a little asterisk in then? You said then it's 50-50, and I don't disagree. I do like the, the Masters. I would say the Open at St. Andrews trumps the Masters. I would agree with that. Because, certainly if you've been as well. Well, this is now coming on to my second point. What I love about the Masters... And what I love about Augusta National, and I've lucky enough to been to have been, and uh, three years ago I went to the, to Sunday and watched. Mm-hmm. I I love the fact I know the golf course so well. Mm. Never played it, probably never will do. Hopefully, we'll do one day. Touch wood. But for me, I love the fact you know exactly the holes that are coming up. You know where there's birdie opportunities. Yeah, that's you, true. You can look at a leaderboard like yesterday and the back nine of yesterday and, and you know, it's five or six shots in it and you think, yeah, but if Xander Eagles 13 yeah. and Hideki sticks it in Ray's Creek on 13 and suddenly, or, or 12, or like, I feel like I, I, I can almost play the scenarios out in my head and I love that for mm-hmm. it. I also love the fact because obviously here in the UK, the, the masters is on typically late at night. That is that is good. Like I do love those late nights, staying up and like just being like immersed in it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm absolutely loving it when I when I'm watching it. Um, when you go there, it is like Disneyland. It's not real life, and it feels like that even when you're walking through the gates. Like it has that Disneyland experience, like very American, basically. Um, uh, when you're there as well, I love the fact you can't take your phone. I know that, that hurt me for a while, but I love all those. But I hate how elitist and, and selective. Yeah, that's what I don't like. I, I do hate that because you have to go in a ballot. I've been tried to go in the ballot a few times. I'm not getting in. When I paid for my ticket to go, it was outrageously expensive. The hotels in the area were outrageously expensive. Like I had to pay through the nose to get access to it, and I'm glad I did it. I don't regret it, but it's not it's not as accessible. See, that's the thing with the open. You can you can sleep on a on a campsite in a tent. Yeah, you can get the bus in. Yeah, yeah. you get, get the guy on the bus with you who's got his golf shoes on. He's a proper GCW, and like. It, it just feels more real. It's more me. It's I love the Masters, and I love watching. Like you said, the night time's a big thing, so you can yeah. watch it at night. That is good for us in the UK. But I would also say, I think if you win the Masters, it does more for your career than winning the Open, I would say. I would, I would, I would probably because agree Because I feel that. like your Ben Curtis and Todd Hamilton's have literally been forgotten about, but if they had a green jacket, they'd still be playing now, probably. Yeah. And Like a Charles Swartzel or a Mike Weir, mm. I feel like I've got more... Like I've more respect for him. Yeah. Well, I would say Swartz was a bit better than them two, yeah, but true. still. Well, I might weir. Yeah. Like he's not won much since, has he? Really? Or even potentially? No, I can say Danny Willett. He wasn't. I mean, I'd never literally heard of them two when they won at the time. Yeah. So it's hard to really think of. I can't think of anyone that's from the Masters I'd never heard of before. Potentially because Zalatoris would have been. I'd never really heard of him. Let me pull this up. I don't think there'll be anybody in, in in our lifetime that's won the Masters that we'd never heard of. And it's whether they continue to go on to great things after the Masters winners. Danny Willett's one of the best examples of like an American. They probably hadn't, which as if some people hadn't heard of him. Uh, right. Couple of anybody? So, pros and cons. Uh, right, let me see, let me see, let me see. I'm going back in time here. Um, go from 2000 or just before. Literally, everybody that's won it from the year 2000 is without question a household name. Yeah. Like, I can probably even go back to. 90s every single one of them is a household name bar um 
I'm going back and I'm probably going to get slated for this. Tommy Aaron won it in 1973. Yeah, I don't know that. And I'm is, probably gonna, that we're probably going to get slated about that because he's probably won loads of things. But that's, he's, I don't know who that is. Speaking of 90, can I say something that really impressed me? Yeah. So was it 91 that Ian Woosnam won? Or 93 uh, or something like that? Uh, I think it was 91. 91. Right, so Ian Woosnam played in this Masters... That's something, hand on heart, I can only get hand on heart, but like, hand on heart, Ian Woosnam playing in the Masters now does annoy me a bit, because I think you get lifetime entry to the Masters, so obviously you have to decide when you're going to call it a day, which I understand, if I was a pro golfer and won the Masters, I'd want to milk it dry and play every year, take my family, they can walk around and look at the scenery and all that stuff, have your kid on the bag on the par three tournament, all that. Sell your tickets. Make Sell a your tickets, make a few quid, got a gambling debt you need to pay off, yeah. etc. Not saying that it's woozy. You've got, you're having an affair, you need to pay the woman off. That kind of vibe, you with me? Yeah, yeah. Again, that's not woozy, <laughs> but if that was somebody. So, but, but equally, if you know that actually you've got no chance of making the cut, is it bad? And that's a different argument. But anyway, Ian Woosnam was playing this week and I was a bit like, it's a bit wrong really because like, Bernard Langer typically does quite well, doesn't he? It's a fair play. Um, Alazabal made the cut. Yeah, yeah. So fair play. Ian Woosnam didn't make the cut, but he shot two rounds of four over. And that got me thinking, because it was playing tough those couple of days, but it was so firm on the greens and running and everything. How good of a golfer he must be, Ian Woosnam, at the age of, I think, 61, 62, to shoot two rounds of four over. Imagine him at your local club comp in the club championship. I'm not messing. He would wipe the floor with everybody. Like, What would his handicap actually be if he had one? Like, It must be in the plus five or something easily. Because imagine if there was, what 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 would a plus five handicapper have shot around Augusta it, under that pressure as well of people watching you and stuff? He'd be happy to break eighty, I bet. And he shot. You're right. He shot four over the first day with a double, and he shot. Uh, he actually shot five over the five second over. day with a double again. That's some golf, That's that, really isn't it? Golf. Like I'm not being funny. I know you joke. I bet you think you could beat him in a way, don't you? Someone said to you before this Masters, would you can I have a match play now as a video against Ian Woosnam? I bet you'd think, oh, I'll do him. Yeah, probably. You would, wouldn't you? Yeah. But I'm not. You're not going around there in four and five over. Not heck. Not even like, close. How good's that? Is it? And again, is it because of his experience? It must. His experience round there must pay huge yeah. dividends. There's literally no. What's anything about pressure? He's probably got no pressure. No. What's Ian Woosnam got pressure for? Yeah. Like the Masters. He's won it. But like I say, his skill level must still be exceptional. I've just worked out why he's going. Free food and out on the Wednesday. Ah, Free meal. Of course it is. Why would you? Why would you give that up? Exactly. To be honest, you are there already, aren't you? If you're a Masters champion, you, you go, go anyway. You go in. I just think there should be a point where you have to be playing ability test. I do. <laughs> it comes I agree. Out right. <laughs> Rick, you won the Masters back in 2020. It's now 2040. Old and grey, not got any hair left. Well, you've got a green jacket. We're not going to take that away from it. You can keep that, right? Okay. But we've also got some young juniors coming through. We've got a young lad called uh, Young Shields Junior, who we think should be in it. If you can't go round in less than 78, if you can't break 78, your place is gone. Yeah. That's fair, isn't it? I think that's fair. Yeah. There should, yeah, there should be a, a time limit on when you, you don't, you no longer get an invite to go back. Yeah. But who, what, how is that going to work? The other thing as well, you don't take your green jacket home. Did you know this? No. So apparently your green jacket, every, every winner's green jacket stays at Augusta. They must get a, an extra fake though. Yeah, possibly. They go to, they'll always go to like um, the Empire State Building. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. And stuff like that weirdly, I feel like, like the day after when they win yeah, it. Yeah, but they have one on. They'll just take yeah, that back. Maybe. Apparently, the only person who's not got it there, which I, I find hard to believe, is Gary Player. But I don't know. Mm. I'll tell you what's really interesting. So, very quick one. I know the guy who I bought my. Oh, I don't know if I can tell this story. No, I'm going to slap. I'm going to swerve that story. Okay. I don't think I can tell it. Sorry, the fella, who you bought your drugs off this morning. <laughs> I was going to say the guy I, I bought my. Don't say it now if you t- can't no, no, say no, it. I can't. My master's ticket off had a really interesting story, but I don't think I can say it. Sorry, everybody listening. Um, so speaking of golf and being rubbish, I played golf the other day. Okay, I was going to come on to you, but okay. I'll come on to me first. <laughs> I was absolutely trite. So you um, could have gone straight into me then. Well, well we are going to come on. I'm going to start this off and warm it up. Um, so obviously we recorded the last podcast which came out last Tuesday, but we did it early. We did it on Thursday. I we think. did. So the next day, Friday, I played Good my Friday. Third, Good Friday, Easter Friday. I played my first round of golf in ages. And I was excited. So as I think I said a couple of episodes ago, whatever, I've joined my old golf club I was a junior at on the Playmore Golf Membership, which has been really good. You get certain amount of points, not plugging it because I don't get anything free. I have to pay for it in my own pocket, annoyingly. We're really looking for a free one. But anyway, um, and I went and played my first round of golf in ages, literally ages. So I played with a few friends. And my last official handicap was four, but I don't have a handicap anymore, so it's lapsed. So my mate said to me, well, we'll put you off eight. And they'll, they've put a couple on their handicap as well because they've not played for ages. So I was like... The old me would have gone, not playing off eight. Like, I want to play off four. Like, you know, a bit cocky. I just want, so we'll play off eight happily. And we played Stableford, which, yeah. as you know, you should get 36 points to play to your handicap. I got a whopping uh, 27 points off eight as well. 
So if okay. I so I was nine over and eight handicap, which would put me at seventeen over par. Okay. I was horrendous. I lost three Pro V ones. <laughs> I just couldn't play golf. What what was the big? Well, weirdly, the my, my drive was going quite well. Got a new right. driver in the bag. Um, that was going quite nice. Hit a few nice drives. It was just like a bit like which we'll come on to in a minute when you played last. It would be like hit a decent tee shot, missed the green by like a couple of yards, and not go up and down. Yes, and there's a bogey. Yeah. And then it happened again, and then I might lose a ball, and it's like I'm five over through three, and I'm actually not playing, sounds stupid, but that bad. Zoom racks up. And then the, this is where I knew I was bad. The pars felt like bogey, birdies. <laughs> so I was like fist bumping when I got a par. I was rubbish, but I enjoyed it. Did you make it. any birdies? Um, no. Don't want to. Didn't mean to anyway. Still, did, still enjoyed it. Did you enjoy it? Yes. Are you going to try and get a handicap this year? Yeah, or? I think I am, but... I enjoyed it, but what was really weird, I finished the round of golf, got home about half past seven in the evening, so like not, not too bad. And I sat in the car and I got home and I thought, I'm quite content at not playing now for two weeks. Really? Which upset me a bit, because I want to yeah. get the bug back. But have, however, saying that, have been to the range about three times. Saw you were there Saturday morning. I went on Saturday yeah. morning at Trafford Golf Centre and took my driver and just basically smacked drivers. And I was in it well, but it's, that's the difference because on the range for me, because my issue, as you know, as well as anybody, is trying to basically open my hips and not early extend on the range and no consequence it's quite an easy feeling just quite almost like i'm hitting it hard and really rotating get onto the golf course of danger left and danger right i can't do it but on the drive range i'm impressed i've got that ping driver it's so it to be fair it is really stable it is really good we've had our first uh technical fault on the on the set oh it's not a bad one it's just uh, it's a terrible one it's there's just... a remote somewhere so how are you feeling with the the set so far um we'll come on to my golf in a minute i'm just padding it's good um it's back. I'm just having a look around, yeah. It is, it's good. I'm looking forward to seeing you put it on social media, which you might have done by now when this goes out and seeing what people's reactions are. What do you think we need to do different? I need to get... So I've got a shelf and you've got a shelf. Your shelf has got a few golf trophies on. I think one of them is fourth place net championship who tried the hardest 2003. So very, that's good. I'm very proud of that. that. That's a good one. My one, I've got. Well, I've actually got loads of golf trophies at home at mum's house. So I really like those three. I'm going to bring... What, what are yours? I've got one on the side. What are I yours? I don't want to show them. I don't want to say what they are. Well, I've got... I've got um, second in a club championship junior or yeah I never, wore, I never won a club championship growing up but I came a second can't say I'm not surprised and uh, <laughs> I was always suspicious about the guy who won but I won't bring that out well, anyone that beats you has to cheat don't I, won't, so. I won't air my dirty laundry here on the podcast then I'm very impressed I've got back to back match play champions 2002-2003 that's good junior match play champions that is impressive yeah no, no big deal i'd said i'm always better at match play than i'm at state, uh, you did play. and against the four or five juniors at heart common golf club then it's showing you <laughs> well to, to top yours i've got um a little trophy which i spoke about before it's my first ever golf trophy i believe it's from 2002 so i was 11 and it was the hurlston hall which was a junior first ever junior open i went to and i won the putting competition and nice. got a little trophy for it it's funny you said that i was going to bring this in i've got a clip in that i found this morning as well i made it in the paper Wow. Back in like '96, and mine was reporting competition. Was it? So there used to be a, a competition at uh, the golf club that I joined when I was a junior, and it used to be called Foxes and Rabbits. 
I can't remember the right, right way around now, but I think the foxes were the golfers, and they would play the shots to the green, and then you'd have to bring a non-golfer we with you. We had that golf and non-golf, we called it. not We called it fox and rabbits for some reason. Weird. And the uh, non-golfer did all the putting. Yeah. And I had 17 putts through nine holes. And you were the non-golfer? Yeah. All right. At the, at the time, I was cause I started golf in 97, and that was 96. So you borderline more successful as a non-golfer than you have been as a golfer? <laughs> I think I put it less that, that week than I did this week at my, my most recent break, 75. But on the on the whole, studio's good. Um, and if you've never watched the videos before, it's worth this week at least heading over to the channel to have a quick look at what it looks like. You better add to. We've got to um, pay for it somehow. Yeah. But anyway, speaking of your seventy five, yes, people will now be aware we've got a series every Friday on YouTube at four pm UK time where you go and battle the golf course with the sole objective of beating seventy five. Yes. We don't want to see no seventy sixes. No. Definitely don't want to see eighty sixes. No. We want to see seventy four. Or better. We'll take 75. Yeah. I'll take that. I'm going to do 12 episodes, 12 different golf courses around the UK. We've done two so far. First one was at Marriott with Steve Hindle, shot 77, which was a six over, very, very rusty start. And no real excuses. That was just complete rust. Um, last week, I did it at St. Anne's Old Links. So a Links golf course. It worked. With a guest from the podcast. We had Dan Webster play mm-hmm. with me, who is the head pro at uh, St. Anne's Old Links. He did. He played nicely. Who. Um, is the head bro there has been there for 29 years we went out super early in the morning last tuesday uh 7 30 tee off it was one degree celsius so 34 degrees fahrenheit i think we worked out at um it was very very windy mm. <laughs> it was quite mild personally <laughs> it was cold and windy it was cold it was windy and uh, it didn't go to plan well you know what was nice to me i was obviously just walking around i had a hat gloves and a big coat on but it was still ridiculously cold it was one of the i said this to you a few times on the course for me, and you, you actually agreed to this, which I was happy about because I thought it sounded a bit weird. When it's wind into the face and a severe wind into the face and a cold wind as well, the hole looks longer. It really does. It's literally not. It's the same length of hole, but it looks longer. And you had so many shots. We made like an iron into the green and it's wind into the face. It gets up in the air. The wind just and straight away. The wind's pushing it and saying, not today. And it's just pushing it off, pushing it off. You were sloppy, I'd say front nine, but hit the ball well. It was a weird one, wasn't it? You hit the ball off the tee. I wouldn't say as well as I've ever seen, but I'd say it probably is in play and is consistently just decent. Like, they weren't, the drives you hit, I wouldn't have gone on, I don't think, maybe one or two, but most of them you wouldn't have hit on launch one or two and been like, that's a beast. Mm. But it'd be like, fair away, fair away, fair away. You hit a couple where you got massively punished. Which was unlucky, to be fair, that one on six when I went in the bush. Well, that hole, I think, and that's the hole where, again, people will listen to this by now, you went into the bunker and had, like, essentially two air shots. You would never have done that if you hadn't gone in the bush, no. because in the bush you called it unplayable and took a penalty. If that hadn't happened, I think you would have called that bunker shot unplayable Correct. and took your medicine. But there was no way you can do two in one hole. And it was so weird, like, you know, I hit it up the right-hand side on that number six. So basically, long story short, if you've not watched it yet, do get definitely go and watch it. But I shot an 82. So it's 10 over par. 75 was the target. That's three over par. But I shot 10 over. Now, what's mad, the front nine, I was 12 over par. One of the worst front nines I've ever had in my golfing history in the last few years. Certainly as a professional golfer, I think. And the back nine shot two under par. You were good back nine. Front nine, <clears throat> I found a bunker on number three which was a bit unlucky there. I, I could have played it better, I could have, but I hit a, a pot bunker shot that didn't get over the, out the lip. I got plugged on, uh, kind of plugged on the lip, had to play sideways, chipped it on, two-putted six. And then that six hole, when I t- took an eight on the par five, that looks like I pushed it slightly right off the tee, but not horrendous tee shot. I knew I'd missed line, but uh, it wasn't horrendous. Found the bush, had to take a penalty drop, stuck it in green side in two. Like, think about it without the penalty shot. Like, I could have easily been on that green in two, two-putting for a birdie, 
four shots difference. You know what you've done wrong, I think? The one thing you've done wrong, and this is some actually advice that you give sometimes, and I, I know why you say this, but you've literally been going to the golf course and not hitting a single shot. Mm. And literally on the first tee, is, is, as far as I know, your first swing. I hit a few looseners on the first one in the net. Yeah, but... But I didn't hit any yesterday, last week. And that's the thing. I know what you often say to people, you don't want people to go super, like, go with a range of four and do all this stretching and hit loads of putts because it does get in your head too much and you expect too much. There's obviously a balance for each golfer of, like, loosening up and feeling good but not going over the top. But you can't go from hour drive at no. six o'clock in the morning, it's freezing on the first tee and expect to play good golf. No. It, and also, you know what the big thing is? It's not even just body warm-up. I, I don't feel like I'm mentally warmed up, you know, that early in the morning. Mm. Because some of the shots I hit just don't have any logic to them. Like, both rounds so far, on the, the two first par threes that I've played, I've massively underclubbed. And it's almost like I've not taken into consideration, it's cold, it's wet, I'm not fully warmed up. And both times I've hit a club that would I wouldn't get there in the summer. That par three, that first, that first par three, which is hole three, I did think at the time that was a strange club. Did you hit your 54 or something? 52, 52, yeah. 52 and it was never going to get there. It's 148 yards, down hit, downwind, not downhill, just downwind, pinned right at the front. You got something into the flag. But it's, it did, but it scared me the hole before because I thought I played a nice shot there and it landed kind of front edge of the green and ran through the back. And I was like, if I even just land this anywhere near the flag, it's going to go up on that top tier. But you're right, that would have been a much better result than what I actually found myself Link's golf's doing. tough. It is. Playing on the, on the camera's tough. I, I, yeah, I felt definitely a bit of pressure. You know, it, it feels like I want to just get the first 75, break 75 out of the way and I think that'll free me up to play much better ones in the future. Um, the next one we're going to play is tomorrow. I'm going to go with a different plan. There's three things I'm changing. Okay. Number one. They're bringing in Peter Finch to play for you. <laughs> that would help. <laughs> Number one, we're playing later. Mm -hmm. So it's an afternoon tee off tomorrow. Loads are warming up. 4 p.m. And that's what I'm actually going to do. So I'm going to go down to Highley, which is just down the road. I'm going to hit some balls. Yeah. I'm going to do some practice. Mm -hmm. I might even squeeze a little cheeky lesson in. Oh, it's too far this now. <laughs> and, uh, and then go and play. I think this is either going to pay dividends or you'll be in your head even more. But you've got to try, you've got to try. So next, Break 75 is coming out next on this Friday. People will, people have watched it. Oh, no, they won't. Sorry, the I'm getting confused. One, yeah. I'm getting confused. The next yeah. one, get ready. Yeah. I think I'm going to think I'm bring it back. Good. I'm not going to change any clubs yet. Do you think I should change any clubs yet? Um, I might come on to that in a minute because someone's a question about it. So I'll, I'll tell you that. Okay. But um, first of all, I've got a dear Rick for you. So powered by our good friends at Motocaddy. Really good friends, aren't they? I, can, I honestly can't wait to put that one in. in I might actually use the Motocaddy as well. That might be another thing I changed from a Brake 75. I said I wouldn't before, but I might do. Yeah. So dear Rick, one of our best friends at Motocaddy. Um, we said last week, and we had loads of emails for dear Rick. So <laughs> I'm going to pre-warn this one. It's not the best ever, which I do say sometimes. But we've got a lot. So if you've sent yours in, don't worry. Don't listen to this thinking, mine's better than that because we've got another eight weeks to get through. And how how can we vet them? Because you can't read every single one of them I, and vet them. I try. Oh, wow. Yeah. While okay. you're gallivanting at home, living the life in your Ferrari, <laughs> I'm reading Dear Ricks. Um, but we've had loads and some are really good. And as I said last time, I want to try and mix it up. This is a bit of an advicey one again. So again, well, they're always going to be advice, but this is a bit more something that I want you to think about. It's not too long. Um, and if you want to have yours answered and read out and put into the prize draw from Motocaddy Trolley, so first place in another eight weeks' time is going to win a Motocaddy. Second place is going to win a Motocaddy bag. So all you've got to do, podcast at rickshields.com and write your dear Rick. 
I'm not sure if your acting skills are going to be are going to be able to contend with last week's. Well, I actually had one this week that I was really going to do and do that again, but I don't don't want to do the same joke twice. So maybe this week's a bit more of a serious <laughs> last one. Last week, I watched it back and listened to it back. It was hilarious, that clip. Thank you. Um, so this week's is, um, again, I never... Uh, I'm going to call this name, guy's name. His name's Brian, and there's no reason I can see here at why he shouldn't be named. So You've named him now. Brian. So he says, Dear Rick, um, let me preface his question with this fact. I'm not currently a golfer. Okay. Interesting. I'm soon to be 34 years old, and I can count on one hand the number of times I've gone to a golf course with the intent to play a round of golf. I don't own any clubs, but I do have a golf bag, and it's filled with, filled with some random clubs that my girlfriend's dad let me borrow. So bits and bats, and they're still thrown in. Um, I'm, how I am, however, looking at considering joining a local club and starting to play. It's okay. a great email to receive from Brian. He's wanting to play golf. Obviously, he's chosen to listen to the best golf podcast around for hints, tips, and banter. Bants. Loads of banter. Um, so my question is about an article I read a couple of days ago online, and I wanted to hear your thoughts on it. I don't think you've mentioned it on the podcast. Apologies if you've addressed this before. So he came in with the apologies as well. Really nice, nice guy, Brian, isn't he, so far? I've got a lot of time for him. I have. Maybe too much time. Um, but then, so it's it's not the biggest question, but I'm going to go in with it now. I wanted to know what your thoughts are about beginners playing from the forward tees. So, as I'm sure you know, being a fully grown man, um, you know, the, the macho thing would say that I go off the back tees. However, I'm a total beginner and I can slice a driver shot, you know, three fairways over. Would it benefit me to start by playing from the forward tees and working my way back up? This could be a one-word answer, dear Rick, and it could be the quickest one ever. But what do you think? Because I think there could be negatives and positives to it. Hmm. Let me get mad around this. I think the wording, first off, let me start on a few things. I think the wording of the front tees should be front tees. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I still think a lot of people see them as the ladies' tees mm-hmm. or potentially the junior tees. I'd see that as being sort of a term that people use. Certainly the, the red tees here in the UK are perceived as the, as the ladies' tees, right? Yes, and I agree. It's definitely becoming a thing of people saying forward tees. However, I would be, I would worry about the reaction I would get at my golf club if out off the forward tees, would people say you shouldn't be off the... I'm not saying they would, but I don't know if they would say that. I question think, it. I think you, people would say, what are you doing off those tees? Mm-hmm. They're the ladies' tees. And even more so, if you hit an iron and took a big divot out of them, because those yeah. are normally most... They use driver on a lot of the tees, like a par 4 tee. Not used, you know, so... Mm-hmm. What's the better... Say that. What's the benefits of Brian going off the forward tees? Well, first off, the golf course is less challenging. Mm-hmm. So he can go out and play a par four where it might normally be 400 yards off the off the members' tees. The, the men's tees is what they've been known as. It might even be 340 yards from the front tees. So there's a massive advantage there that yeah. you can actually play a much shorter golf course. It's almost, you know, taking a little bit of that that um, that fear. You know, what, what, what I don't like about, and this is why I'm kind of, trying to word my answer here very carefully is brian says he's not in fact he's not a golfer yet but he can count on a number of hands how many times he's gone down to the golf club with the intention of playing golf mm-hmm. and something stopped him is that, what you, is that what you read into it yeah why what like he's not said he's played golf yet has he like what's stopping him from mm, going out i don't know if that, is that yeah, I don't I, know. I no missed? i know he does say 
I'm soon to be 34 years old. I can count on one hand the number of times I've gone to a golf course with the intent to play around the golf. Maybe maybe where he lives, the golf course might be somewhere he eats as well, possibly, or socialises. Maybe he means the outside means the golf club to play and not have lessons or not have right, something. Okay. I, I don't know. Maybe you're right, but I don't know. Didn't leave enough information for that. For me, I, w- I don't want to have any obstacles for golfers, non-golfers, soon-to-be golfers, to have any reservations mm-hmm. about getting on the golf course. Ideally, it should be as easy as possible. Mm-hmm. Ideally. I know it's not always the case because there's barriers. There's, you know, sometimes people don't feel fully committed to go out and go and play on your own brand new you want somebody there to guide you want somebody to give you a bit of advice um so let me answer this should he play off the front tees <laughs> i don't know because there are pros and cons because if, again if he plays off the front tees is then when he steps gets better and moves his way back is he going to find that really hard or is it a nice little yeah but is it a nice starting point for him you wouldn't go to the gym and everybody has to lift the same weight would you you wouldn't say you and a bodybuilder goes to the same gym you have to use the same weight but he's gonna do more reps with it and mm-hmm. you only might do one you'd go on a light weight and then work your way up i don't know if that's the worst analogy ever but i don't know because again I, i'm trying to think of him as well of the the, the backlash he may face from members of the golf club or the committee mm. Like, will people be more likely to shout across three fairways to him? Oi, Brian, big Bri, what are you doing off that tee? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I don't know if that's a thing or whether people will just go, oh, it's, it's fine. I'm struggling with an answer. I was going to say we could do a, a role play again then, but I don't, know, I don't know if we're ready for that. I'm just struggling for an answer. I, cause well, let's do it again. So you, I'll be Brian. You, you say, oh, big Bri. Hi, big Bri, how are you doing? Oh, yeah, I am good, thanks. Are you going to play golf today? Yeah. Okay, um... Enjoy it. <laughs> Thanks, I will. Hit my shot. Oh, uh, Brian, just a quick one. Uh, I don't know if you know, but you're playing off the red tees, the front tees. Oh, yeah, I am aware of that. It's just that I'm not very good at golf, and I find if I go off any tees further back, it makes it really difficult. I don't really enjoy it, so I thought if I go off the forward tees and make it a little bit easier for me, I'll enjoy it a little bit more and hopefully come back, probably join, put more money into the pot of the golf club. That'll therefore make the golf course better conditions, will have more income. So it'll probably be better for everybody, really. You might buy some lessons in the pro shop, buy a new putter off the pro, so he's going to obviously make money from that. Might make some friends, and yeah. You crack on, big bro. Thanks. Six foot five. And, <laughs> and if you want to fight on me outside later. <laughs> I think, though, it's, it's the wording of me on that situation. It's the, it's the attitude that people would have towards yeah. him. Like, I said it in a, in a nice way then, like, yeah. oh, well, by the way, Brian, just let you know, you're playing off that tee. And the way you then explained it and clarified <laughs> it's fine. It, it's when somebody who isn't maybe as sensitive comes over and goes, Oi, Brian, you're off the wrong foot of tea. Is this not the whole problem with golf that we're, we're having here a 10-minute debate about somebody going off a tee? Like, yeah. that's what golf's like. And, and you're not wrong in saying that. People will have a moan at him. I'm, I'm more I'm more worried about the reaction he's going to yeah, get. Yeah, exactly. Like, so that, but I you're don't right. want him to be put off. No, but you're right. That's what will happen. It's so, yeah. Maybe not his, I don't know. But some golf courses, I can guarantee, if a male went off the forward tee, the ladies' tee, the red tee, whatever you want to call it, and played golf, somebody would either say something to them or report them in and have get try and get them told off, yeah. which sounds like school, they would do it. Yeah, you're right. And that's the problem we have with golf, that people are too quick to do it. You don't have any... No, somebody could watch him. He could have a disability. He could, whatever reason, want to go off that tee. But also, as a junior, we used to play cross-country golf and go to different holes. But also, sometimes go off the reds, the forward mm-hmm. tees. It was class. Yeah, yeah. Because par fives become long par fours. Mm-hmm. 
par fours become reachable par fours and actually can improve your game yeah. massively. And it's not always weirdly easier because ditches, no. hazards yeah. come into play when they might not do off game. another tee. Or you might get much closer to the green or whatever it may be. It, 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 you know, and, and this would never happen. It's almost a bit like you'd, you'd want some level of a, like a, and again, I'm sure Brian and non-golfers wouldn't like this, almost like a bit of a learner badge. <laughs> you know, that people go, oh, it's all right, he's learning. A big blue hat. Yeah, do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, it's all right. You know what? That guy over there is out. He's not new to golf. It, or he's, sorry, he's new to golf. Let him kind of find his way. Like yeah. you would on a car, like you wouldn't drive, you don't overtake a learner driver on the road. Give him the V's. Yeah. Cause you're like, all right, I'm sensitive to that situation. Mm. And maybe that could do with being out on the golf course, but it's not going to happen. Is it really? Yeah. I think you should go through. If you want to go forward to these golf, I mean, if somebody stops you and has a word, just say, mate, get a life. Just say the Rick Shields golf show podcast said F off. Yeah. <laughs> perfect okay so um and anyway brian soon you could be rocking a brand new motor caddy to really impress your new friends at the golf club that may look worse it's like mate you've got all the gear no idea you've got a motor caddy which is we all know is the best electrical in golf you're walking you're waltzing down the fairway with no stress no strain you look so invigorated so alive so alert so full of beans but that's where brian also with his new energy has learned to drive the ball 300 yards ah so he can go you know what it doesn't matter put me off the tiger tees i'm playing that much better now because i've got my new trolley yeah i'm absolutely sorry you hit the nail on the head there so guys make sure you get your deer ricks in not too many you know what i've realized though the answer to all these deer ricks is get a motor caddy simple that's yeah it's really it really is that simple anyway so we've got some facebook questions and something i've having a bit of dig at you this week and oh, I'm, right. I'm enjoying that oh, God. um so nothing changes there. Corey burbridge has said how long will rick shields golf struggle with this driver until he changes i don't think i'm struggling with it now no I'm i don't happy with, i'm happy with the driver i don't think i think if i'm gonna I did first round any club it won't be the driver yet no, I think for you, the only thing I would say with you is, though, I do think, st- even though you hit that driver very well, that's in Anzol links, I still think that a little bit more of a stable head, just to get in a bit more, a couple more fairways, even if it's one around, might be the difference between going in a bush or not going in a bush. True. But, true. Um, this is a good one. From Paul Dumbrell. Should the PGA impose a penalty for players not shouting for on wayward shots? Yeah, I saw Absolutely. it again at the Masters quite a lot, more than what they should do. You know, Rory shouted on the seventh on Friday. His dad, because he was going. Would he have shouted that kind of loudly if because he, he knew it was his dad? Basically, like I sometimes think, you know, if they if if those pros had a family member stood in the area that they were going to hit the ball in, how would they react differently? You know, I would say this is equivalent to when you're watching uh, international football and the footballers don't sing the national anthem; they just stand there and murmur, mm. sing. Yeah. If you're you're if you're a tour pro and you hit a shot, I'm getting that passionate about this now. You hit a shot at somebody. If you don't shout four as loud as you can, you're disqualified. Out. I'd agree. It's pathetic. It's we not need, big. It's not need, clever. It's not cool. We need to set a tramp. We need to set a new, um, like a, a what's the word I'm trying to come up with? The only thing. Come on, sorry. No, I'm trying to. A campaign. Like, we need to campaign to bring four back. The only reason I can allow it is if they're thinking genuinely that they're near another green and by shouting dead loud it might put a competitor off. Yeah. But surely that's, that's a good thing. And I was going to say. So, it's actually inexcusable. Yeah, shout. Proper shout. And if I see can. any tour pro not shouting for the bard from this podcast. Oh. 
should be the first question we ask. Yeah. If we find any, if we have a tour pro on and we find any clip that you don't shout for, instantly out the door. Yeah, apart from Tiger Woods, possibly he, Bryson. Um, who else would we like on the podcast? Rory, Rory, Westwood. Dustin Johnson, Justin Rose wouldn't mind. Tommy Johnson. Fleetwood. Yeah, <laughs> if you're an elite golfer, it's fine. <laughs> no, but they should they should shout 100%. for. Hundred percent. It's so annoying that they don't. It's I ridiculous. think it's quite. Um, not this is a good thing or a bad thing. Quite a, a masculine trait to shout for loudly. So if you want to look cool, I think the one thing is that they do feel embarrassed when it happens. So, yeah, but they shouldn't do because it could save someone's life. It's like it's on telly for millions of people to see, is it? So, exactly. Um, okay. Like it's on YouTube. Another one that I didn't I kind of semi-interpret as a bit of a dig, but okay, you know, I like these digs. I, I do as well. Um, <laughs> Josh Payne has asked: Does Rick regret saying he is one of the best golfers on YouTube after his performances in the first two Break Seventy Five challenges? Did, just clarify, did I say I was the best YouTube it, it, golfer? It was on YouTube. more what he didn't say. It was the fact that when I asked you who couldn't you beat, you paused for an awkward long time and started mumbling and bumbling and if I was playing my best, I couldn't. That was what it was. Two trophies up there on the wall. Yeah. Match play champions 2002, 2003. And you don't get those unless you're pretty awesome at match play. And that's, that's very, very true. <laughs> it's very different to stroke play. Because even in the events, I thought in my head the other day, if I was playing some pros on YouTube in match play in those formats, so far I've had two double bogeys, a three double bogeys and two triple bogeys. Okay. They wouldn't have counted. But you kind of not know answering the question here. <laughs> I can get myself in trouble. I think there's a few things. I said one thing, which, again, I definitely think this has been misinterpreted about Micah Morris from Good Good. Mm -hmm. I mentioned that I've not seen any results. That wasn't so much. I've not seen him post a number on a scorecard. It's just that when I've ever seen him play challenges, it's just a challenge against Garrett or whatever. He's a really good golfer. Mm -hmm. He played in the Good Good Masters. This shot like a stupid number, 66 or whatever. I don't think I could beat him. So he's, he's one that I don't beat. Um, and apart from that okay um, so Brent has asked are the rife putters from American Golf as good as even roll it's designed by the same person but it's a cheap brand though now isn't it it's not yeah. the real rife anymore oh right so it's been sold I off I think it's it? like an American Golf cheap one so quick answer no um, is, this is from Scott Smith and you can try and answer this one but you, you, you don't you can't really answer it but is Zalatoris future world number one um, I don't know enough about him yet. What's strange, I, I know he's done well in other events, but this is kind of the first time he's really been brought to kind of proper... Um, I didn't, I'll be honest, I didn't know anything no, about him. No, I didn't. Him. He came, is it sixth in the US Open or something? So I didn't. I think it's something like that. But um, for me, this is one of those situations... I know he didn't, obviously if he'd have won it, different story, but he's got so close, he will either in the next 12 months, 18 months, become a household name, be up there all the time, which I hope he does, Oil just vanish. I feel like it's yeah. one, there's no middle ground with no. this, is that it's weird. There's been, I bet there's been so many golfers after so many times you can say, is that is he the next big thing? And there's not many that have been the next big thing. Well, what, when you think of what is a next big thing, what is a big thing? It's yeah. winning majors. Yeah. It's been up there, been been the name all the time, every single time. Isn't it? So as as amazing as he's done, obviously he's done phenomenal. He came second at the Masters. Like that is even if he never plays golf again, that is some ridiculous achievement. But that isn't making it, is it still? Well, it determines how he determined making it, isn't it, really? Well, someone like Cameron Smith. Yeah. Has he made it? Y- yes. But, again, this is what we said to James Robinson. Making it is all... Playing in the Open once, you've made it. Yeah. Making a career out of golf to any degree, you've made it. it but it, but it determines what is making it. Yeah, exactly. That's, will that's the will Tiger think he's made it? 
What was his one goal in life? To beat Jack Nicholas's record of not done. And, and unfortunately, I can't see it happening now. I'd love to be proven wrong. Please clip this and prove me wrong in a few years. But sounds silly. Can't see Tiger Woods hasn't made it. He's changed the game of golf. He's the best golfer, in my opinion, to ever live. But he's not done the one thing he wanted to do, has no. he? So it's weird. I'd say who I was really happy for, and he, he, he seems to get a lot of support on social media, Rob McIntyre. Yes. Doesn't he get a lot of love on social media? You know media? what I think it is? He just looks like a normal lad. He does. I know it sounds stupid, he but does. he does. And he's left. There's like a few lefties now, isn't there? Loads. Brian Harmon's come out from nowhere, yeah. doing well again. Mickelson, Bubba Watson. Um, you know what I think's weird when it's a left? I feel like I don't know the golf swing than a lefty. Do you <laughs> yeah, get what I mean? Like, so I don't know what... Has he got a nice swing or not? Yeah, it looks so different. It's like they always feel very flowing. Yeah. Don't they? It's like a left-footed football. Like, it always looks better, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's almost more like artsy. And mm. that, that's the whole, like, they do say when you use the left side of your brain, you are more kind of artsy and creative. creative. I, I like Rob. It's funny because... Um, He'd be good for the podcast. Yeah, he really would. A couple of, two years, uh, how many years ago now? Last year, when we were in, I know you didn't come, when we were in Dubai film with Tommy Fleetwood he was there practicing and oh, sat the table and I must admit then I was like oh yeah that's that guy who's doing pretty good on the European tour but now he's like gone was it off his world ranking he got in this time I can't I don't actually know I'm what not it sure, was but there was a lot of talk yesterday about him making sure he got in the top 12 to come back next oh, year right. wasn't there so I don't know if he's guaranteed he, he is in again next year because he came tied 12th um, but yeah he, he's I really like him and I think maybe because he's Scottish like Scotland haven't had a great golfer for a while now have they I suppose it would be, um, what's he called? Gallagher? Monty? No, no. I think the one who's American, but actually not. You, oh, his um, sister, you did the thing. Russell with. Knox. Russell Knox. He's probably there. But I, I bet, I, correct me if I'm wrong, I bet Scottish people don't see him as being prop like Scottish, uh-huh. Scottish. Do you know what I mean? I'm, yeah. I'm probably wrong there. But um, From James Sharples, he said, if Rick wasn't a golf YouTuber who reviews all the latest gear, would he still change his clubs every year? What type of golfer would I be if I didn't work in golf? What do you mean? So, you'd hundred, if you had a good job and played golf, you'd one hundred percent buy new stuff all the time. So, picture this scenario: you know me quite well now, I'd imagine. At sixteen, I decided to leave school mm-hmm. and I decided to go to golf college, right? Mm-hmm. But let's say, in a different world, at sixteen, I decided to go to sixth form, yeah. study history, business, <laughs> geography. Because I didn't know what I didn't know what I wanted to do in life, right? Okay. A couple of years later, I go to university till I'm twenty-one. Mm-hmm. Okay. A nice job. What uni would you have gone to? Like a Sheffield. Yeah. Or, or Sheffield or St Andrews. <laughs> no, I don't think I'd have gone to St Andrews. Something like a Sheffield. Okay. Don't know Leeds, why. I could see you at. Leeds, definitely. Leeds met. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know any. And I come out of qualifications. I don't quite know what I'm doing. Bit with of my a job. boozy three years. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I think I'd have got a job in sales because <laughs> I think I'm really good at sales. Okay. And. I don't know what. I'd have probably been selling solar panels. Yeah, a bit dodgy. It sounds about right. Like knocking on doors going, Hi, pal. Just All right, darling. <laughs> just noticed. Um, I don't think you're being as efficient with your electricity. I think you could be much more efficient. I think I could save you a lot of money. Oh, that sounds great, dear. Well, how can you help me? Well, it's dead easy. I can look after all the work. All you need to do is transfer this money into the bank and you'll probably never see me again. £10,000? <laughs> That's a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> But, right, so picture that scene. Yeah. I probably wear a suit Monday to Friday. Yeah. I'll drive a flashy BMW. Yeah. I could imagine. Bit of a coupe. Yeah. Um, I'd still have to be married and maybe have kids still. I feel like your girlfriend's 10 years younger than you, though. Yeah. I think my world would have been different. 
I don't think Claire, my wife, would have been as attracted to me at this point. I'd have been a bit too sleazy. No, but some girl who's like 22 who thinks you're the best thing since sliced bread would be. She loves your car. She loves that you're a bit wild. And on a weekend, you sometimes don't speak to her because you go out with the boys on late night sessions. I mean, this is sounding quite good. Yeah. <laughs> You've got a borderline gambling problem. Well, yeah. Yeah. Are we still being fictional here? <laughs> oh, yeah. So, I like digging deep into the character. So that's me. Yeah. Okay. Um... What are you playing off at this? You remember the golf club? I, well, this is it. So now, so that's, that's my life. That's who I am normally. Yeah. Who am Who am I as a golfer? I think you are. You're called Ricky. Have a drink. <laughs> no, you're still Rick, but you're called Ricky. You know, no one calls you Rick. You're at Ricky. The golf club. Ricky. Yeah. I like wearing bright colour clothes. No, I, I see more of a Hugo Boss. Yeah. You're more of a Hugo Boss. You play at ten twenty most Saturdays with the lads. Yeah. There's you, there's Parky, there's Craigo, there's <laughs> little dog. Johnny. Yeah. Mad, Mad dog, dog he's gone missing for a bit. He's gone to Thailand. He goes to Thailand for six months every year. Um <laughs> Where am I where am I playing? Somewhere flash have I, have I spent a, a membership in it's, Mia? It's, it's a medium yeah, it's like a Mia, but you're like the kind of the wide boy lads yeah. that kind of people kinda of like, but uh, a bit dodgy. New money. Yes, exactly. Um You've always on your phone doing stocks and shares as well. Obviously, side hustle. Yes. And you turn up to the... You get into the pro shop. You turn up at 10.20 every week, but you always get there at, like, 10.13. Mm. You rush in with a wad of card, cash. You pay for your um, fee. You then get, like, a couple of drinks and chocolate bars. You're in a bit of a flap, and you have to grab a new box of probably ones every week. Just every week. You, yeah, you just grab them, chuck it. And you're off. You're off two. Oh. So you're good. Is this because I'm playing all the time? I play three times a week. You've got an 85 in you as well. Yeah. But you're also quite quite handy around the greens. I, pl- I play a Saturday, Sunday in the comp, or Saturday in the comp, Sunday with the roll-up, and I play a Wednesday medal. The Sunday roll-up's a late roll-up, though, at like four o'clock. Oh, okay. Because you go out on the lash on the Saturday. Of course. And and then the Wednesday roll-up, the midweek roll-up, is like a half three. Bang but on. But my phone's still... My phone's still... 100%. I'm, I'm working. 100%. Don't tell the girlfriend. She thinks you work till six on a Wednesday. Yeah. Late finish. Yeah. Nine. Yeah. Nine finished. I, I, I have to work in the city. On oh, a, of on course. A Wednesday. We're working Manchester and Dean's game. Yeah, yeah. So I'm playing off two. Yeah. What clubs am I rocking? I think you're one of these kind of guys who goes like a full brand every year. So one year you get everything pure Mizuno. Mm. And then comes the end of the season, you're not that bothered about it. You sell it. Weirdly, cause, but also, the missing so out here. Mad Dog Dave. You're not in the golf industry, but you've got mates who kind of work at like, well, like golf, golf shops. So you get it like borderline trade price. I like that. You buy it all, comes in the season, you sell it at a loss, not at a huge loss, and you re- get everything new for a new brand, then you go in Callaway. I like that. I feel like I've definitely been through a PhD era. Oh, 100%. Well, that was like three years ago, it was really big and cool. Yeah. Big and clever. I've definitely got my initials stamped into my foot joys. Yeah. Hugo Boss everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, pick up a, pick up a major every now and again mm. at the golf club and do a really funny speech that everyone laughs at. There was rumours that he cheated as a junior <laughs> as well. Okay. So I'm not, never a fully trusted you two-handicapper. You, you are good, but it's like, you wish it a long way. You can be a bit wayward. Be like you are now, actually. You're really the same person that you are now. <laughs> I like this. Hey, I play more golf in yeah. Ricky World. Um, so that was good. Um this is the first one in the studio. Have we, have, we, have we done a good stint? An hour 13. Oh, great. Okay. So a couple of things then. <laughs> We're out. Um, we've not had as many reviews on, on Apple recently, which is fine. But if you listen and you've not reviewed the podcast yet and you want to, please do. Leave it five stars um, and pass on the podcast to your friends, your family. Anyone at the golf course that you know that is like Ricky, tell him to listen. 
Um, we need to pay for this podcast. We need studio. to pay for the podcast studio. And let us know what guests you want on. Yeah. I think we've got to get some really good guests with the helicopter pad on, on the roof. We can get anyone we want in now. Yes. Guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for everybody for doing everything that they do. Thanks for Motocaddy. Thanks for Motocaddy. Powering the podcast. I couldn't do it without them. I'll tell you that for, for, for free. I mean, it's helped build the studio a bit. Yeah. But either way, we'd have done it anyway. But anyway, it's been great. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. That's episode number 70 in the new studio. We'll be, we'll be back with a better one next week. T- today was all about production, not content. And I think next week we'll be able to focus a bit more on content. I thought it was good content. But... All right, sorry. And who knows, we may throw a Thursday special in every now and again. Nice. Not this Thursday, but soon. Thanks, everyone. Cool. Peace out. See you soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.